Hey there, I'm Rachel. And I'm Jessica, and this is All Things Sensory by Harkla. Together, we're on a mission to help children, families, therapists, and educators live happy, healthy lives. We dive into all things sensory, special needs, occupational therapy, parenting, self-care, and so much more. In each episode, we share raw, honest, fun ideas and strategies for everyone to implement into daily life. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of All Things Sensory by Harkla. You're listening to Rachel and Jessica, your good friends. Welcome if this is your first podcast episode you're listening to, or welcome back if you are a lifer. This is episode 175. And what are we talking about today, Jess? (laughs) We're going to talk about empathy. And if you've listened to any of our other episodes, You've probably heard us say empathy at least once in most of our episodes. Yes, it is a very important topic when we're referring to sensory kiddos. And what we mean by sensory kiddos are kiddos who struggle with sensory processing and modulation. I do think that while we are specifically talking about sensory kiddos here, empathy is just a good thing to have for anyone, especially in today's weird, crazy internet, social media obsessed world. Mm -hmm. Have empathy for the people you're watching, you're interacting with. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know. I mean, you just don't know. So just... Yeah, so that's why we want to talk hey, about it. Hey, that got deep. It's such an important thing to have, I think. Yes. And it's hard. It's a really, it can be really hard to have empathy sometimes. A lot of our kiddos struggle with empathy. Oh, for but sure. Also, I think a lot of us adults struggle to teach empathy. We don't realize mm-hmm. that we have to teach that. Yes. So what is empathy? What is it? What's the definition? Okay, so empathy is defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. So it's a skill that falls into emotional intelligence. Have we done an episode on emotional intelligence? We've done an episode on like self-regulation. We should do one on emotional intelligence. Add it to the list. Okay. So many of our children, like we said, struggle with this skill, but today we're actually talking about you, the adult, the therapist, the caregiver, the teacher, whoever you are listening. If you have in the past, or if you are working with children, you need to be able to have empathy for a variety of reasons. First of all, it allows you to discover why, allows you to discover the reason behind what the child is doing, whether the child is having a meltdown or seeking sensory input that is interfering with their day, whatever they're doing. If you can have empathy for them, you're going to be able to find out why. Mm -hmm. And that's always the first step. Yep. It allows you to provide a safe place for the child to do what they need to do without anger or shame. It's so easy to feel resentment towards a kiddo who is struggling or towards maybe another family or another mom who isn't going through what you're going through, you know, and I I just think it's so important to, like Jessica said, everyone is going through something and you never know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So not only are you providing a safe space for your child to work through the sensory meltdown, the tantrum, whatever it is, we have to make sure that we're providing a safe space for our friends and our families and strangers as well. For sure. 
Empathy also creates a bond between you and the child. It helps build trust because you're not coming from a place of anger or frustration. You're coming from a place of empathy and attempting to understand them. And that that just creates such that safe space, that trust, and that bond. One of the core values of being a great therapist is building rapport. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to build rapport with our clients and with our clients' families. And if we don't have empathy and we can't empathize with them, it's going to be really hard to fake it until you make it. Probably impossible. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because you're not being genuine at that point. No. And you have to be if you're going to be a great therapist and change lives. For sure. And the last thing, I think Rachel mentioned this already, but when you can have empathy for a child, then it teaches that child how to have empathy for others. So you're also modeling and teaching the child. So we're not saying this is going to be easy. We're not shaming any of you. It's really, really effing hard. I almost said the real F word, but I know this is a family podcast, so I'm keeping it under lock, but it is really effing hard, you guys. It's hard to just put your feelings on the back burner and put someone else's feelings and thoughts first. Mm -hmm. If you're a parent and maybe you've had a really long, stressful day and your child is just getting on your last nerve. It is really hard to have empathy for them. Mm-hmm. It takes practice. It takes patience. Let's talk about this article we found that talks about three different types of empathy. Who knew? There were three different types. I know. I really liked this. Now, this article came from a place of like a leadership development, like developing leadership skills. But I thought that it really applied to everything we're talking about. I love it. Yeah. So the first one is cognitive empathy, and this is the ability to understand another's perspective. So it requires leaders to think about their feelings rather than feel them directly. Emotionally intelligent and effective leaders are aware of their feelings and can explain them. And I know, you know, this says leaders, but I think when you're working with a child or when you're raising a child, when you're teaching a child, you are the leader leader. to that child. So this definitely applies. and. This is the key to figuring out why the child is doing what they're doing. So the next one is emotional empathy. And this is the ability to physically feel what another person feels. So if Jessica is getting a tattoo, then (laughs) I should be able, I just saw your tattoo, then I should be able to physically understand how painful that was. Oh, I don't think you want to. But I appreciate it. <laughs> that was just my my quick example. Okay, okay, okay. But this type of empathy really helps people to feel attuned to another person's emotions. And it provides the ability to feel others' emotions quickly without deep thinking. Okay. So yeah. it's like you see someone, you talk to someone, you feel what they're feeling. You can connect with them. Yeah, for sure. The third one is empathic concern. And this is the ability to sense what someone else needs from you. So this is other-oriented in the sense that it involves feeling for the other person, such as feeling sorry for them, sympathy or concern, and then knowing what you can do for them to help them. Okay. Three different kinds. We're not saying you have to teach all of these different types of empathy to your kiddos, but it's so important to be aware of these. Yeah. 
So Jessica and I were thinking, how often do you sit back and think, I wonder what my kiddo is thinking right now. I wonder what they're feeling. I wonder what they need. Why are they doing what they're doing? What do they need from me? What do they need from their environment? What do they need from dot, 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 insert the blank. Yeah. Those are the questions that you need to ask in order to have empathy. And I don't know, maybe write them down on a piece of paper on a sticky note, put them on your fridge so that they're there and you can see them when you most need those questions. I will give you a little example. You know, I've got Trip here who's a year old and if he's upset, if he's crying, if he's, you know, pulling at my legs while I'm in the kitchen, I'll stop and instead of getting mad at him saying, what do you want? Why are you crying? Don't do that. I'll ask him or I'll ask myself, you know, he's seeking connection. He's Mm -hmm. not seeking attention. So I am up and I help, I have him help me do something Mm -hmm. and I connect with him on his level and what he needs in order to like fill his cup basically. Yeah, totally. And I think we've talked about this before is that, you know, behavior, all behavior is communication. Mm -hmm. And so if we can see it as the child needing something, then we can ask ourselves, what do they need? Why do they need it? Why are they having this meltdown? Is it because the fire alarm is going off and they can't regulate and process that auditory input? It's too much mm-hmm. for them to handle. They're not just screaming for no reason. Yeah. Okay, we just wanted to take a minute and talk to you about our company, Harkla. Our mission at Harkla is to help those with special needs live happy and healthy lives. Not only do we work to accomplish this through the podcast, but we also have therapy products, digital courses, and a ton of free resources on YouTube and our website to try to bring holistic care to you and your family. Listeners of the All Things Sensory podcast get 10% off their first purchase at Harkla with the discount code SENSORY. We would highly recommend checking out some of our best sellers like the compression sensory swing, the weighted blankets, and of course, our course on sensory diets and primitive reflexes. The cool thing is that 1% of each sale gets donated to the University of Washington Autism Center to support autism research and fund scholarships for families in need to receive in-clinic therapy for their children. Learn more about Harkla and all we have to offer at harkla.com. Co. That's H-A-R-K-L-A dot C-O and use the code SENSORY to get 10% off your first purchase. That's S-E-N-S-O-R-Y for 10% off. And don't forget that all Harkla orders come with a lifetime guarantee and free shipping. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, and I think let's talk about the fire alarm example. I think that's, let's go through a little empathy example If you are in bed sleeping at night and the fire alarm goes off at two o'clock in the morning, wakes you from a dead sleep. That's the worst. Do you have a fight or flight response? 100%. Okay. So when a kiddo at school is unprepared for a fire drill that goes off and they are screaming and plugging their ears and losing their mind. Hiding under the desk or running away. That is a fight or flight response. And it is the same challenge. Yep. Okay. Yep. So in that situation, what would you do? Empathize. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Maybe you need to go to them and get down on their level. Maybe you need to just put your hands on their shoulders, give them a big hug. I know that sometimes in schools, that's not 
necessarily appropriate or it's not deemed appropriate, but what can you do to help that child in that moment when they are having a fight or flight response? They need to know that you are there with them and you are happy to help them. You're not just shoving them in line saying, let's go. It's time to go. Take a minute and pause and be present with them Mm -hmm. and see what they need to thrive, to get out of that fight or flight response. And then I think in some situations, it might be beneficial to ask the child questions. Now, a lot of times when a child is having a meltdown, the less words, the better, because they can't process those words in the moment. But sometimes you might be able to ask the child, what what do you need? What can I do for you? Or give them two choices. Do you want headphones or do you want earplugs? Mm -hmm. And you can hold them up. You can say, this hand for headphones, this hand for earplugs, and they can tap your hand. And then I think the other thing is just letting them know, you know, we've already said this, I feel like we're repeating ourselves, but letting them know you're there. You can say things like, I hear you. I see you. I see that you're upset. Let's take a break. Let's get out of here. I'm happy to help. I'm I'm here 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 to help. Yep. Let me know when you're ready. That's a, that's one that we've used a lot is the, Mm -hmm. let me know when you're ready. You're telling them, I see that you're not ready yet, but I'm here for you when you decide that you're ready. Mm -hmm. And that's really good for those kiddos who have maybe a little more control and maybe they're having a behavior because they're upset at what they can or can't do. Mm -hmm. And you let them know like, okay, well, this is the situation. This is what we're doing. I'm here when you're ready. Let me know. Yep. Sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it takes a while. But it also takes consistency mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And everyone on the same page, which yes. is, which is challenging. Yes. Okay. Let's wrap it up because I feel like, I mean, that was it. Yeah. Just be, empath- just empathize. <laughs> just okay. do it. So being empathetic towards our kiddos, our, especially our sensory kiddos, helps us to learn to put our sensory goggles on. And view the world through a sensory lens because we all have sensory systems and we all process the world differently. So once we learn to respect everyone's unique sensory needs, their sensory differences, we can support everyone so much better. Yeah. So just just try it. Just practice. Just try it. Make the conscious shift. It's like the conscious parenting. Revolution. Yes. Yes. The <laughs> conscious empathetic revolution. Ooh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sure it already is. I think the biggest takeaway here is ask questions. Mm-hmm. Ask, what does your child need? Why are they doing this? What is causing them to have the meltdown? And if you can answer those questions, you'll be able to empathize with them. Yeah. All right. That wraps up our empathizing with individuals who have sensory differences episode. We are starting a new thing. Yeah, this is our second episode a new where, series. We're, where we're doing this at the end of our episodes. We're going to answer a couple of your questions that you have sent us on Instagram. And yeah, this is our second episode doing this. Yep. You can submit your question via Instagram, send us a text, send us a voice memo. Ooh, if you send us a voice memo, then we can play it on the podcast and you can have a radio voice just like us. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Make sure if you're a therapist, you're following HIPAA guidelines and you aren't giving any specific details or identifying information. You don't have to share your name, anything like that. 
But these two questions were from my Instagram, the Sensory Project 208, and they were relating towards the littles because I share a lot about Trip and what we do with him. And so that is what these questions are in reference to. Okay, so the first question is, I have a 12-month-old who puts everything in her mouth. How do I help with that and still be able to do safe sensory activities? Yes, so we love to do sensory bins, beans, playing the grass, rocks, Easter grass, all of those fun sensory mediums. And one thing that I will do with Trip, and I've always done with Trip, is I will just put my hand in front of his mouth and just block the item from going into his mouth. Mm -hmm. When he was younger, it was a lot easier because he would just kind of stop trying after a while. But it's also normal for them to mouth these items. So... I think that if you can find these sensory activities with items that are a little bit larger, so they're less of a choking hazard, Mm -hmm. you know, think outside of the box and find items that are a little bit bigger if you're really nervous about it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, block and redirect. Block and redirect. With Trip being a little bit older now, he, if I block him, he sometimes will try to do it on purpose and continue to do it. Such a stinker, these yeah, kids. He's so smart. Because you reacted. Yep. But, for but I don't really react, though. No. So but- what I do is I give him a couple of chances and I just redirect and say, nope, we're not going to eat them. And if he continues to do it, then I will just, without saying anything, just close the box of beans because that's what I'm using as my example and put it away and say, all done beans. And I just will get up and walk away and move on to another task. Mm -hmm. And so he throws a fit, of course, and say, I'm here for you, buddy. Do you want to play with trucks or do you want to go outside? And we'll just redirect and positive. But yeah, it's hard. I do think if you, if the child is, I think, okay, disclaimer a little bit. You do want to rule out pica Mm -hmm. in case there's an underlying underlying medical condition if they're trying to eat non-edible items. But 12-month-old who's just exploring and putting things in their mouth, block and redirect, move on to a different activity if needed. Even if it's just a couple of minutes Mm -hmm. of sensory play, that's... I mean, that's plenty for this age range. Yep. Doing something like a water sensory bin where you just put a couple of big toys in a bucket of water outside and let them explore that. They're not going to, you know, eat the water. They're going to put it in their mouth, but it's fine. And the items are big enough. They're Mm -hmm. not going to swallow them. Yes. Yeah. I think it's good to remember too, though, for 12 months, just less than five minutes is an appropriate amount of time for this child. Another thing you can try is just using their feet. So put their feet in the Mm -hmm. beans, put their feet in the Orbeez, in the sand, whatever it is. Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay, what's the next one? Next question. We have one more question that we'll answer and then we'll be done for today. All right. I recently found your podcast and loved the sensory diet episode. My son is a seeker and I'm learning a lot. He gets really aggressive with my small dog and it worries me for both him and the dog. He kicks him and hits him. My dog is always being put away and it makes me sad. Do you have an episode that you think might help me with that? Well, we'll do you one better and we will give you some suggestions here. So I think this is perfect for this episode because you need to have empathy for your child and figure out why he's being aggressive with the dog. Mm -hmm. Is he kicking and hitting because he's angry, because he's excited, because he's seeking proprioceptive input? Because he gets a reaction. Yep. What's the reason? 
find the why, first of all. Now, with dogs, they're a little unpredictable. So my first thing would be to model and role play. You know, safely petting a dog, safely interacting with a dog. If the kiddo wants to hit the dog, maybe they can throw a ball instead or they can give them a treat instead. Positive reinforcement for those expected behaviors with Mm -hmm. the dog is going to be huge. So if you're practicing petting the dog, say something like, I notice how gently you're petting the dog today. That's so kind. I love how gently you're petting the dog. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yep. And then also I would suggest offering something that, since he's a sensory seeker, offering something that he can be aggressive with safely, like a stress ball or a fidget, a pillow. I was thinking a punching bag. If he's hitting and kicking, a punching bag would be great. Mm -hmm. And you're in the middle of petting the dog and he starts to get a little aggressive. You can say, oh, it looks like maybe you are wanting to hit and kick some things. Let's go to the punching bag really quick. Mm -hmm. And then we can come back and pet the dog when you're done. And then one more thing would be to have a social story. So read through the social story every day that you put together. My name is Joe. I love dogs. I love my dog, Luna. I such a cute name for a dog. (laughs) I, I love being soft to her. I love petting her. I love giving her treats. Sometimes I squeeze her too hard and she gets upset. When I feel like I need to squeeze her or hit her, I'm going to go punch my punching bag instead mm-hmm. and then come back and give Luna a treat. So totally. talking through the situation with a social story, a visual mm-hmm. can be really helpful. Yep. Do the social story and then just practice and remain consistent. Yeah. Okay. I hope that helps. Yeah. Thank you for your questions. <laughs> you can always send them to us on Instagram at all things sensory podcast or Harkla underscore family, Facebook, email. Let us know your thoughts on this episode. Leave us a review on iTunes if you have 30 seconds, which you have 30 seconds to leave us a review. Heck yes. For sure. And thanks for being here. We will chat with you all next week. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to All Things Sensory by Harkla. If you want more information on anything we mentioned in the show, head over to harkla.co slash podcast to get all of the show notes. We always have the show notes and links plus full transcripts to make following along as easy as possible for everyone. If you have follow-up questions, the best place to ask those is in the comments on the show notes or message us on our Instagram account, which is at Harkla underscore family. If you just search Harkla, you'll find us. Like we mentioned before, our podcast listeners get 10% off their first order at Harkla, whether it's for one of our digital courses, one of our sensory swings, the discount code sensory will save you 10%. That code is S-E-N-S-O-R-Y. Head over to harkla.co slash sensory to use that code right now so you don't forget. We're so excited to work together to help create confident kids all over the world and work towards a happier, healthier life. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Just a friendly reminder, this is general information related to occupational therapy, pediatrics, and sensory integration. We do not know you or your child. Therefore, we do not know any specific needs. Therefore, you should always refer back to your pediatrician and occupational therapist for more information.